Hello, everyone. I'm Drew. I'm Bailey. I'm Lacey. And we're sarcastic, so let's get sinister. Has trouble. Yeah. Oh, and we're also sprinkly. we're also doing ASMR apparently. I'm having some candy. Oh, she those are her. really good. Ooh, the nerds. The best, the best thing that's come out recently. Mm-hmm. It's like a nerd's Water rope, but like a little. Yeah, made, little bites. Oh, I didn't, actually didn't even know that was a thing. I didn't know. It's... We held it up. I thought it was a bag of nerd ropes, and I was like, no, "Yeah, it's good choice. so good." It's got that like they're like clusters, Lacey. They I love have that. like that like thing that holds the nerd rope together. I like that because I love nerd rope. The gummy bit, yeah. but it's they're just like a little. Oh, so good! Them. Great choice. Great choice. Have you tried the uh, the blue bag, the berry ones? I haven't, but I so feel good. confident about it. Yeah, but, they're my like, favorite. It's the best thing that's come out recently. Like mm-hmm. I feel like candy has kind of just been like treading water recently. Um, he doesn't really need to tread water it's doing amazing all the time i mean no i know but there hasn't been like any like new thing that came out the last thing that came out that i know of was when butterfingers changed its recipe and i was immediately disappointed reese's has been like doing like different mixes of the peanut butter and chocolate in their cups which i think is stupid yeah it's perfect the way it is we don't need to mess up the combination yeah well i guess what i should say is that it's the the new innovation that's come out that's actually been good yeah so Lacey needs to try it she needs to catch up i'll do it um okay hi friends hey hi so today we have so you remember how um when Lacey told us about the doomsday mom um <laughs> that bitch that was kind of like a we're gonna update later because this is ongoing mm-hmm. well i have a similar situation with this episode oh so i'm going to be telling you guys about the long island serial killer mm-hmm. So, it's more about... I'm going to tell you about a bunch of victims, and then I'll tell you about, you know. Okay? Okay. (laughs) So, the remains of 11 people were found between 2010 and 2011 on the Gilgo Beach in New York... And that is located on the south shore of Long Island. So, I mean, do you want to look at a map? Or you feel okay? I trust you. Okay. So, once finding all these bodies, there was a lot of like, are they all connected? Um, I mean, there's a serial killer clearly in our midst. Um, that person was nicknamed the Long Island Serial Killer, or L-I-S-K for short, which is a fun thing. Lisk. Yeah. That's fun. Creative. So, yes. So, 
there are what's kind of like hard with the victims is that there are different groupings i'll say so the first grouping i'm going to tell you about is the gilgo four which were grouped together based on like well you'll see you'll see why they were grouped together so the first one is maureen Bernard Barnes. She was a small woman standing four foot eleven and weighing just over a hundred pounds. Oh, she was born Yeah, she was a tiny lady. She was born June fourteenth, nineteen eighty two, in New London, Connecticut. She had two children, a daughter named Nicolette and a son named Dylan. Friends described her as a good mother and a trusting person. She lived in Norwich, Connecticut, and as a means to support her children, she would often travel via train to Manhattan, where she worked as a sex worker out of Super 8, out of a Super 8 motel. She advertised on Craigslist and other websites, and she also went, she often went by an alias, either Juliana or Marie. She would travel to Manhattan for a few days, work as an escort, then return home. And it's believed that she arrived at Grand Central Terminal in Manhattan on July 6, 2007. Okay. On July 8th, that's not true. On July 9th, 2007, at 11.43 p.m., she called a friend in Connecticut. She told her friend she would be going to meet someone outside of the motel on an out call. She was reported missing by a friend to the Norwich Police Department on July 14th, 2007. The NYPD assisted the Norwich Police Department in the missing person investigation, eventually taking it over. Shortly after her disappearance, a friend of Maureen's, Sarah Carnes, received a phone call from a man on an unfamiliar number. The man claimed that he had just seen Maureen and that she was alive and staying at a, quote, whorehouse in Queens. He refused to identify himself and could not tell Carnes the location of the house. He did tell her that he would call back and give her the address, but never called back. Carnes said that the man had no discernible New York or Boston accent. So there was like, she had nothing. Yeah. Maureen was found mm -hmm. on December 13th, 2010 on the mm -hmm. north side of Ocean Parkway near Gilgo, Gilgo Beach during the search for Shannon Gilbert, who had gone missing from Oak Beach. Maureen is believed to be the first victim in what is known as the Gilgo Four. So, missing July 2007, found December 2010. I'm actually surprised, and this is with next to no knowledge of where the victims were found or anything, but I'm kind of surprised it took even that long, because when you say they were found on, a, on the beach, I'm picturing buried. that like they were buried in sand, yeah. and it just seems to me that... Like, I don't know. I'm picturing well, the sand. So moving. I don't think that when when I say beach, I don't think it's like a beach that you would beach at. Like here, <laughs> let me show you a, a picture of like okay. the area that they were found in. Okay, That's that looks more regular ground than sand. I was picturing like you know, like beach sand, and I was like, I feel like it wouldn't hold them for a couple years, but yeah. Well, th so they were all long. Like, if it's not like that's all like bushes too. So like, yeah. it's, 
And they were found, like, if you can see on this map, they were mm. found right, like, right along the parkway. So okay. not really on the beach and just in yeah. this brush area. Okay. Okay, so next victim, Melissa Bartholemy, was another small woman standing 4'10 and weighing 95 pounds. They're so tiny. She was born April 14th in 1985 in Buffalo, New York. In July of 2009, she was 24 and living in a basement apartment in the Bronx, working as a sex worker who advertised on Craigslist. She, too, often used an alias, going by Chloe. She was known to meet clients at bars, restaurants, and hotels in Manhattan. On the night of July 12th, she met a client in Manhattan, deposited $900 in her bank account, and tried, unsuccessfully, to contact an ex-boyfriend. Then she disappeared. After numerous failed attempts to get into contact with Melissa, her mother reported her missing on July 18th, so about a week later. A week after reporting her missing, missing her 15-year-old sister, missing, her 15-year-old sister Amanda started to receive phone calls from Melissa's phone. Oh. The, the person on the phone was a man calling to <laughs> vulgarly mock and insult, asking Amanda if she was quote a whore like her sister. These phone Truth. calls continued. Yeah. These phone calls continued for five weeks, progressively getting more disturbing. On August 26, 2009, the caller asked, quote, Do you think you'll ever see her again? You won't. I killed her. Then he hung up. Feels unnecessary. I feel like killing her was enough of a statement if you're trying to make one. So during another call, he told Amanda that her sister was dead and he was going to watch her rot. Police were able to trace some of the calls, but were unsuccessful in identifying the caller because, so it was Melissa's phone. So that wasn't helpful in identifying who it was. And then the, um, the caller was calling from like heavily populated areas. So like Grand Central Station type places. So police would go and there'd be like no way to tell who it was. Yeah. So Melissa's skeletal remains were found on December 11th, 2010, mm-hmm. on the north side of Ocean Parkway near Gilgo Beach, also during the search for Shannon Gilbert. She is believed to be the second victim in the Gilgo Four. So, so far, are you noticing a pattern with the victims? I noticed that they um, were, they advertised their services on Craigslist. Mm hmm. They were small. Yes. Um, they were both like in their twenties. Mm-hmm. Small women advertised on Craigslist. The caller also called, or not Haunted. the caller, the murderer called to taunt. I mean, in that in that uh, aspect, he was the caller. Yes. Um, and then they were found in the like the exact same spot. Mm. So on to the next victim, Megan Waterman was 5'5", so a little bit taller, and she was born January 18th, 1988, in Portland, Maine. Did you know that there was a Portland in Maine? There's, like, multiple Portlands all across the country, I'm pretty sure. I thought Oregon. 
There is. I women. mean, you're right. I like, like, I wonder. Do you think there are any cities that like that's the only one? No. I don't know. I'd be willing to bet there's another Harrisburg. Do you think there's another Gettysburg? Let me look. I, well, I kind of hope not. That would be a little rude. Yeah. I'll get back you to know, you guys in a minute. Do you think there's like another New York City? New York okay, City. Okay, so maybe Oklahoma. some. <laughs> <laughs> but I feel like there's so many that there are multiples of. Well, I feel like, so I know that there's like a new Philadelphia in a different, mm. I feel like Ohio maybe. When I was driving down to Texas, Arkansas had an Arkadelphia, which I thought was so cute. They were like, we're not fully copying, but we're stealing some ideas. It There's also uh, 17 Portlands in, in the U.S. Really? Hmm. Yeah. According Google to Google. Most, Google to, the most common city name in, yeah, in the U.S. Oh, Google heard you and I barely had to type that. That freaks me out. Uh, do you want to guess? It, would we know it? It's uh, it's a first name. Starts with F. Franklin. Franklin. Yeah. Ah, I worked in a Franklin. It's twenty-eight of them. Um, I escaped. Anyway, can I tell you about Megan? Tell uh, us, please. Sure. I know. I know so a lot about Megan. So Megan Waterman was 5'5", and she was born January 18th, 1988 in Portland, Maine. Her childhood was anything but perfect. She lived at a day's inn with her mother, her older brother, her father, and her father's girlfriend. What? Before she and her um, brother were taken... You, you said with her mom, her brother, her dad... So this is apparently what happened was dad and mom broke up because dad is a bit abusive um and then he left her with the kids and then he came back a bit later with a new girlfriend and said let us crash here and we'll help out with the kids okay um so that's where she lived until she and her brother were taken by the state put into foster care and eventually given to her maternal grandmother muriel Although the house was a bit more stable, she did have some legal troubles like shoplifting, stalking, and drug and alcohol use. As a teenager, as a teenager, she was sent to Maine Youth Center from time to time. When Megan was 17, she decided to drop out of high school. In the fall of 2005, Megan became pregnant with the baby's father being in his early 30s, so she was 17 at the time. Uh, they had met in a club in Portland, Maine. Sure. sure. The pregnancy caused Megan to get her act together, get off drugs and alcohol, and start thinking about her baby instead of just doing whatever she wanted. When Megan was 18, she gave birth to Liliana, Liliana in the summer of 2006. Many people noticed an immediate change in Megan's personality. She was no longer angry or violent. She was described as being a loving and devoted mother to Lily. Her brother Greg said, quote, Megan loved her daughter. Liliana was everything to her. But it was difficult for Megan to figure out how to support herself in Lily. She had a job and government assistance, but in October 2008, she was arrested for theft. 
She went back, she got back into drinking and drugs, and it's believed that this is when she met Robert Blake. He told her if she wanted to make some real money, she should start doing sex work. Robert introduced Megan to his friend, Akeem Cruz. He was from Brooklyn and started managing her sex work, becoming her pimp. Sure. She, like the other two, advertised on Craigslist and other sites using the alias Lexi. Her family last saw her when she boarded a bus to go from Maine to New York with Akeem on June 1st, 2010. Megan was staying at the Holiday Inn Express on Long Island while Akeem stayed with his family close by so that the hotel room could be used for sex work. At 1.30 a.m. on June 6, 2010, Megan called Akeem to tell him she was going out for a little while and would call him later. Security footage shows Megan leaving the hotel alone at 1.30. It's believed that Megan had arranged a meetup with a client without telling Akeem and was headed to meet him at his car. An unnamed witness spotted Megan outside walking toward a convenience store, and that was the last sighting of Megan Waterman. At 11 a.m., Akeem called Megan's grandmother, Muriel, to see if she had heard from Megan. Akeem told, told Muriel that Megan was missing, but they had to wait 48 hours to call the police. She was reported missing by family members on June 8th, who continued to grow more concerned that Megan had not called to check in on Lily, who was three at the time. She last called to check in on Lily at, on June 5th. So it was now the 8th and they hadn't heard from her. Megan's body was found on December 13th, 2010 on the north side of Ocean Parkway near Gilgo Beach. She is believed to be the third victim in the Gilgo Four. Side note, Akeem was arrested on federal charges of interstate trafficking of prostitutes on April 11th, 2012, and was sentenced to three years in federal prison in January 2013. So our last member of the Gilgo Five, that's not true, the last member of the Gilgo Four is Amber Lynn Costello. Oh, there's not a lot known about her, which is kind of sad, but... She was 4'11", so another short girl. Another little bitty one. She was born February 10th, 1983 in Wilmington, North Carolina. She was 27, living on Long Island and struggling with a heroin addiction in September 2010. She was working as a sex worker under the name Carolina or Mia to support her habit, advertising on Craigslist. She lived in a home with another sex worker and two men who would arrange dates with clients for the women. Amber would routinely host clients at her home. In doing so, the men would scam the clients. So a client would come in with Amber, they would pay, and then before Amber could perform the services paid for, the men would confront the client, causing them to flee from the home. It's a nice little scam. Mm -hmm. Despite her personal problems, people who knew her called her a good person who just got mixed up with the wrong crowd. On September 2nd, she left her home to meet a client who witnesses said had been had been at her home previously. He was described as a large white male, approximately 6'4 to 6'6 six, six in height, with big oval-style glasses. A witness also said the man resembled an ogre. Sadly, oh. after Amber left the home on September 2nd, she was never reported missing. Her body was found on December 13th, 2010, along with the others. 
Each victim of the Gilgo Four were found in burlap bags approximately 500 feet from each other. So they were each in a burlap sack very close to one another. Yeah. So that that's the bad. Yeah. Well, I don't like when, because I mean, I hate to say it, but Amber isn't the only one who what went unreported. Yeah, that makes me yeah. sad. That was the first group, the Go-Go Four. Then we have a couple other victims who were found in the same area who are not included in the Go-Go Four because they, the, those four are all very similar. Um, mm -hmm. So Karen Vergata was 34 when she spoke to her family for the last time on February 14th, 1996. The mother of two sons, Karen, was living in Manhattan at the time and is believed to have been working as an escort, though she was never officially reported missing. She was allegedly struggling with substance abuse issues, and in the late 1980s, while she was pregnant with her oldest son, she was struck by a train. Okay. Like, <laughs> waiting for on her. purpose? Like, did she kill herself on the train no i don't know much about it just that she was hit by a train while she was pregnant and her child gary was uh born with cer cerebral palsy she gave birth after being hit by so okay hold on i assume <laughs> she died when she was hit by the train oh no no nope that That's, was that I was in... honestly just as horrific that was in the late eight, 1980s and she spoke to her family for the last time in 1996. Yeah, I didn't put that. I mean, dying via train is not great, but being hit by a train and living also kind of horrifies me a little bit. I mean, she was all right. Good. I'm glad. She had another baby <laughs> I'm, after that, too. I'm glad she made it so she could be murdered later. <laughs> I just cannot imagine being hit by a train and trucking on. But good for her, I guess. <laughs> Maybe would just lay down and be like, oh, I'm dead. Maybe, like, it, maybe it was a slow-moving train. Like, yeah. it was just, just kind starting to pull out of the station. I would I would think that it was probably not going full speed because she, she like didn't Like, you can't survive anything. if a train is full speed. I mean, remember, remember the police who, like, parked their car stupidly on the train tracks and then put and somebody the in the back, back seat? Yeah. Okay, was I was picturing her being out of a vehicle and just like her body was on the track, like she was I walking. Say, yeah, I don't know okay. anything. Else. I'm going to so, assume at this point that she was in a vehicle and I the train was would, not full speed. That's my assumption here. That would make you sleep better at night. I think I feel better about it, even though she's murdered a couple years later. Um, it's not a good ending for her, but it was a the ending took longer. So. I'm enjoying that. Um, Lacey's very like strong reaction to everything you've said so far is to the train. She doesn't do well with trains. Mm, not it not to the out. four or five like previous like murder victims. No, it's just... all bad. But also, I would like to say Drew did not tell us how anybody was killed yet, so I haven't been able to like react to their deaths. This woman was hit by a fucking train. So I will say because you brought it up. Um, 
the four Gilgo women, their skeletons were found. Okay. In burlap bags. Um, several of our other victims were dismembered. Oh. And I had trouble finding causes of death, but there's... I found a thing that said that the majority of them, they found evidence that suggested strangulation or suffocation. Okay. The, and the only thing that, because I was like, how? Because they're skeletons. I know strangulation, if the hyoid is broken, that could, that would be evident in skeletal remains. But like, suffocation? Okay. I don't What's know how that? you would... The hyoid is... bone is the bone in your neck that's free-floating. Okay. Um, so, like... We have a free-floating bone in our neck? It's the only bone that's not connected to anything. Oh, that's weird. Or I didn't know not that. connected to another bone. It's the hyoid bone. You can Google it if you'd like. I trust um, If... Yeah, if you, like, get strangled, it breaks. So, okay. like, during, like, hmm. hangings, that breaks. They use it. It's like one of those, because you know, like how they look at your eyes for particular. Yeah, uh, it's one of those things where it's like, oh, it's broken. They can also, and I mean, they're skeletons at this point. But for like the difference, they also can look at like the bruising, the bruising lines, and everything. Yeah, if you have skin. Yeah, because if like you're hanging, you're you'd have like bruises yeah. here. Yeah, that makes sense. Cool. It, it, it also it's like not cool. The I guess pattern of the bruising because like if you're behind and pulling down, yeah, then you clearly. Anyway, we're getting off topic. Yeah. So Karen, I the very... hyoid bone thing was that was new for me. So that's cool. Ah, you're welcome. Thank you. Um, you can like feel it. Fun with anyway. bones. Karen, Karen was, uh, if I train, gave birth to Gary. He was born with cerebral palsy. In 1990, Karen had her second son, Eric. Shortly after that, she disappeared, and the two boys were adopted by Edward and Diane Doherty, which I think are her parents. Okay. Soon after, she left her family. So when I say she disappeared, she just, like, left. She didn't, like, die. She just abandoned her kids. Which is, I feel bad saying harsh. I feel like it's a little harsh, but like, I don't know how else to tell you that she just like dipped. She survived a train. No, I know. I'm not, I'm not bashing her. She struggled with substance abuse. I think that, you know, if you've got your own demons, let the kids stay with like someone who's safe, stable. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But I didn't want you to, when I said she disappeared, I don't want you to think, oh, she got murdered right away. Yeah. It was pre-murder. Yeah, she just left. Train hit. Abandonment. Later murder. (laughs) Yes, that's the timeline of of Karen. Thank Um, you. So soon after leaving her family, Karen began working as an escort. The children grew up not knowing their biological mother. So, in 1996, Karen Vergata reportedly disappeared while she was working. On April 20th, 1996, her legs were found in a plastic bag on Fire Island's Blue Point Beach, which is 30 miles east of Gilgo, 
30 miles east of Gilgo Beach. Lacey's eyes just went like, whoop, when you I said like legs. That. I didn't Better like that. Her legs? In a plastic yeah. bag, yeah. Yeah. I would have been less disturbed if you said she was found without legs. For some reason, finding just the legs, I don't like that. Well, going forward, I can, like, change the way I word No, things. no, do it how you have okay. planned. I don't want to change your plans. I just want you to know. Weirded me out. Nearly 15 years later, on April 11th, 2011, her skull and teeth were found near the remains of Jane Doe 3, a.k.a. Peaches, near the remains of the Gilgo 4. Okay. Karen was originally known as Jane Doe 7, or Fire Island Jane Doe. She was later identified in August of 2023 due to advancements in DNA technology. So they just okay. found out who she was. I was going to ask if they... How long it took them to figure out who she was. So thank you. You already knew. Um, and then we will be talking about Jane Doe 3, a.k.a. Peaches, later. Okay. So next, we have Valerie Mack. She was born July 2nd, 1976. At 24, she was 5 foot tall, weighed about 100 pounds. She was living in Philadelphia, working as an escort with the alias... Melissa Taylor. So she had a full name as an alias. Good bird. She was last seen in the spring or summer of 2000 in Port Republic, New Jersey. She, again, was never reported missing. On November 19th, 2000, the body of a woman was discovered by hikers in Long Island Pine Barrens in Manorville. Manorville is important. Keep that in your head. The body had been cut into pieces and placed in plastic bags. During the search for Shannon Gilbert, Gilbert on April 4th, 2011, a skull, hands, and right foot were found in a plastic bag along Ocean Parkway near Gilgo Beach. Mm. These remains would be des designated as Jane Doe 6 until being linked to DNA to the Manorville. Okay, so, sorry. The body I, I believe it was like her torso that was found by hikers was called manorville jane doe okay when they found the skull hands and right foot at gilgo beach that was called jane doe six and then dna linked them together okay so they didn't know right away that they were one right okay so manor hold on a sec so manorville and Gilgo Beach are like an hour away from each other, but they're still, they're both on Long Island. Okay. Mm -hmm. Um, on May 22nd, 2020. So the day after my first was born, police in Long Island announced that they had identified Manorville Jane Doe and would be releasing her identity. A week later, an update was released. Her name was Valerie Mack. So the next we have Jessica Taylor. She was born June 17, 1983. She was originally from Pukip Pukipsi. 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 I want to throw out that before I didn't want to interrupt you at the time, but you mentioned the Pine Barrens, mm -hmm. which is Jersey Devil hunting grounds. 
I thought that sounded familiar. Mm -hmm. Yep, that was our boy. Mm. Good old Maybe he did it. devil. Mm -hmm. Wasn't that the one that um, there was the picture of the goat flying in the air? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I loved it so much. I loved doing that episode. That was oh. ridiculous. Yep. Um, so she was from Poughkeepsie, New York. Uh, Poughkeepsie. Jessica, yeah. Jessica left home as a teenager, eventually moving to Brooklyn. She spent about three years under the control of a pimp, Khalil White, a.k.a. Remy, occasionally traveling up and down the East Coast. She had made statements about wanting to ex escape that lifestyle. During a visit to Washington, D.C., Jessica was 20 when she decided to go home on July 15, 2003. White reported her missing later that day, so her pimp reported her missing. Mm. Jessica's vehicle broke down while on her way back to New York, so she hitchhiked back to Brooklyn. A few days later, a witness claimed to see her at the Port Authority bus terminal in Manhattan sometime between July 18th and the 21st. On July 26th, so like a week later, part of Jessica's body was found in Manorville, New York. She had been dismembered. Her torso was found on a sheet of plastic at the end of an access road. The... Emmy, the medical examiner estimated the time of death to have been two to three days prior, and Jessica remained unidentified until seven months later. So Jessica had a tattoo on her right hip. It seemed like the killer had spent a considerable, considerable amount of time slicing at it to try and um, hide her identity. The medical examiners had to like push the skin back together. So that they could make out what the tattoo was. This is why I'm covered with a lot of them. So if I get murdered. Exactly. Good for her. Um, so she had a tattoo of a red heart with an angel wing that said Remy's angel. Her, her, her pimps? Yeah, you know how like some pimps like to be boyfriends? No. Well, now you do. Well, you know, like you know how they're like, you're my bottom bitch. I love you. We're gonna be together forever. But first, you need to. You're my bottom oh. bitch. I love you. I don't have a lot of experience with pimps. Believe it. Or not. Yeah. You don't watch TV. Not that anyway. TV. <laughs> anyway. Um. So, they took a picture of the tattoo, spread it around. A Washington, D.C. detective recognized it and gave a preliminary identification. So that caused the other people, <laughs> the other people, to collect DNA from Jessica's family and her identity was confirmed. On March 29th, 2011, a skull, a pair of hands, and a forearm were found on Gilgo Beach. And on May 9th, they were identified as being as belonging to Jessica as well. Right. So the Gilgo Beach Four, their like disposal is burlap bag. And as far as I could tell, they were not dismembered at all. But then these last three 
were were the four uh they were his first so okay so maureen went missing in 2007 so she they would they would have been after so maureen went missing 2007 melissa went missing in 2009 megan went missing in 2010 and amber went missing also in 2010 karen went missing in 96 valerie went missing in 2000 jessica went missing in 2003 Hmm. so it was it's like karen valerie jessica and then the gilgo four so like he dismembered them and then had i don't know it's just weird yeah i would have thought that he would have yeah escalated to dismembering them like as he went yeah but maybe he just found a better way of disposing them maybe he got lazy Maybe he had more privacy or less I mean, privacy. When when I tell you about who they've arrested, um, mm. he's not like a twenty year old. Mm. He's like nearly sixty. So all right, maybe he just got tired. Mm. I don't know. Anyway, so remember how I mentioned before that all these bodies were found because they were looking for Shannon Gilbert. Yes. Would you like to know about Shannon Gilbert? Please. So, she was born October 24th, 1986, in Lancaster. Hey! Pennsylvania? Yeah. There's several, so... She was 23 and working as an escort using Craigslist in May 2010. Shortly after midnight on May 1st, Shannon was on her way from Manhattan to a client's home in Oak Beach, New York. Which is, like, so, like, Long Island is here, and I know you've seen, like, where they just have, like, little islands going along the coast. Mm-hmm. Oak Beach is, like, along the coast. I love your geography. You're Thank welcome. You for, visual for, help. for everyone else who's just listening, well, Drew essentially put up her forearm and then, like, made, like, a little, like... <laughs> semicircle with her pointer finger under that and her forearm was long island so remember when we were doing roanoke and you were like it's an island off the coast yeah yeah same thing anyway (laughs) thank you um so she was being driven by her driver michael pack who waited in the suv for her while she met with her client joseph brewer So, according to Joseph Brewer, Shannon began to act irrational and just, like, odd. Joseph contacted the driver, Michael, asking him to take Shannon away from his home because she's being weird. Shannon refused to leave. She made a 911 call from inside Joseph's home at 4.51 a.m. So, they went to his home a little after midnight and now it's almost five in the morning 
just keep that. I don't know. That just seems weird. I don't know how long things last. Anyway. So the 911 call, they released it recently and I heard it and it's weird. Like she was described as being panicked, but like she's just like her tone is weird. So and it, so she was saying on the, the call stuff like there's someone after me. There's someone after me. They're trying to kill me. But the way she was saying it, she was like, there's someone after me. There's someone after me. They're trying to kill me. Like, it wasn't panicked. It was just like, you could tell that she was concerned, but it wasn't like. Anyway. Hmm. Two male voices were recognizable in the background. Shannon's driver and the man who hired her, Brewer. As Brewer is heard trying to get her to leave his house, he either approaches her or touches her and you hear her scream out. Police were unable to respond to the call because Shannon was unable to tell them where she was. While still on the phone with 911, Shannon fled the house on foot. At around 5 a.m., she knocked on a neighbor's door, begging for help. The neighbor, Gus Coletti, called the police and invited her inside. Instead, Shannon turned and fled again, hiding under his boat in his driveway. It was... It was at this time that Coletti noticed Shannon's driver, Michael Pack, following her in the SUV. So, like, he was, like, just slowly driving down the road looking for her. That kind of thing. Okay. Shannon took off from under the boat, and Coletti watched as Pack followed her in the SUV. Shannon then bangs on another neighbor's door, Barbara Brennan, who immediately calls 911 at 5.21 a.m. Police arrive on scene... At 5.40 a.m., and Shannon is gone. They assumed that Shannon had gotten into the SUV with her driver and left the area. So, at first I was like, wow, that's pretty shitty police work. But Shannon's 911 call, which lasted 23 minutes, was transferred to the New York State Police. So the responding officers were from a different department, and they weren't unaware that she had called. I feel like just your breakdown of that night and everything. I feel like I watched, is there like a Netflix documentary about this or something? I'm confident that I watched something about this before they made the arrests and figured everything out. There is a documentary. Um, I'll talk about it in a bit. Okay. Okay. Not like I don't it, know. all of a sudden started sounding much more familiar. Mm-hmm. So I felt like maybe I had watched something about it. I wasn't okay. going to mention it because I didn't. There, I'm, I'm, hold on. We'll get okay. to it. I'll okay. mention it. I wasn't going to, but I will. Um, so two days later, Shannon's boyfriend called Shannon's sister, Sherry, to say that Shannon had not come home. Okay. I'm sorry. I have to say something here. Okay. Shannon's name is spelled S-H-A-N-N-A-N. Okay. Her sisters, she has two. Sherry, which is spelled S-H-E-R-R-E. And Sarah, S-A-R-R-A. Sarah. 
Those... I just, I'm so tired of parents trying to make their... you, Listen, I'm, I'm sorry she died. I will start with that. I'll preface with that. I would I'm like so to say parents you to be... can make fun of Sarah's name. Those are okay. all raw. I will because it's Sarah. Sarah. Maybe that's what they are going for. My, I think that they wanted want to give your child a unique name, give them a unique name. Don't take a name that is very established and do goofy shit to it. And and when I say use a unique name, within reason, that also has parameters. Go off, Lacey. Yeah. I, it, it seems like they so just wanted to give their girls S names with a funky spelling. Whenever I see shit like that, it makes me think of I was on some kind of some Facebook thread at one point about Facebook names, or about about names. I mean, and this woman posted on this thing. She named her son. She spelled his name L-O-K-I, which is what? Loki. Yes. And she's annoyed that everybody pronounces it Loki when she wants it pronounced Loki. That's not how Loki's spelled, you moron. That's how I feel about it. And I think about that (laughs) at least once a week, I think about that. (laughs) Because it makes me so angry. They're not even my kids. Um, thank you for coming to Lacey's TED Talk. <laughs> um, you don't understand what you're setting them up for in school with other kids, with teachers, with sh- like the whole rest of their lives. They're going to be like, my mom gave me a stupid fucking spelling for my name. It builds they're gonna character. One day they're going to go no contact. Yeah, I feel like I'm starting to get personally attacked here. <laughs> <laughs> no, your kids have, your kids' names make sense. I know, but you, the youngest has you a didn't want names friend. everybody else had, so you went with unique names that are still spelled the way they're supposed to be, but they're not going to have a million of them in their class. Okay. Fully support you. Thanks, Lacey. You didn't name your kid Loki <laughs> and then get pissed off that people pronounced it the way it's spelled. You go back to your dead people. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so, Sherry and her sister Sarah filed... <laughs> Filed a missing. I'll, we're gonna get to why you can make fun of her name in a bit. Okay. Filed a missing persons report, but after nearly a week with no news, they drove from their home in upstate New York to where Shannon was last seen to look for her, which I thought was nice. On December thirteenth, two thousand eleven, police announced that they had found the remains of Shannon Gilbert. She was in a marsh about half a mile from where she disappeared. Two days later, or two days earlier. Her cell phone, lip gloss, shoes, and a pocketbook were found on Gilgo Beach, which is what drew them there. Her cause of death remains to be debated with some, well, with police saying it was an accidental drowning. But an independent independent autopsy reported possible strangulation. So, at this time, police do not believe that Shannon was murdered. They, I have like a little quote from her mom that I thought was really nice. And I'm going to tell you right now, even though her appearance sparked the investigation, investigators say they do not believe Shannon Gilbert's case is connected. Mary is her mom. Mary saw Shannon as an unintended hero because in Shannon's disappearance that I ironically caused all the others to have been found and now to have at least one arrest. So, so if they, if you're already going to say this, then 
Okay. But if they don't think she was murdered, how do they think she died? I said accidental I... drowning. Oh, oh, I totally missed that. Okay. One of the one of the officers that or detectives, investigators, whatever, that was like interviewed and listening to her nine one one call said that it sounded like she could have been in like a drunk drunk or drug induced stupor. So maybe she ran into some water and drowned. Back out. Yeah. Okay. Also, side note, she's a driver. Does that, that seem weird to anybody? She's a what? She's, she's a, a driver. driver. It sounded like she had a like her babysitter. Yeah. And then he was like, because like, if it was an Uber driver, I think he would have been. I think that there are, I watched, I watched a documentary on like sex work and stuff. And, and there are like reputable escort services who will send their clients Clients isn't the right word. They're girls who work for them with drivers to locations so that they have somebody there for like backup, like security almost. Yeah. But it doesn't seem like she was working for like a reputable organization. So Yeah. Yeah, it's kind of weird. Um so the reason why you can make fun of Sarah on July twenty third, twenty sixteen, Mary Gilbert, Shannon's mom was 52 when she was stabbed hundreds of times with a 15-inch kitchen knife by an Sarah. What the fuck? She was then bludgeoned to death with a fire extinguisher, according to court documents. Oh. Sarah Gilbert, who had suffered both emotionally and mentally after her sister's death, was sentenced to, prison, to a prison term of 25 years to life. I'd be willing to bet she didn't suffer as much as the mom did. Yeah, right. And mom didn't go out stabbing anybody. So, mm. fuck you a little bit. Yeah. I'm mad at her for so many reasons. I mean, yeah. I'm mad at her mom for spelling her name that way, but, like, you didn't have to live up to it. You know what I mean? Yeah, <laughs> side note, Mary spelled her name M-A-R-I. Marie! <laughs> no, Marie has an E on the end. Mary has a Y. Tracy gets so angry so we've we've talked about I believe I told you there was 11 bodies found Mm -hmm. or 11 people we've hit 8 so in April 2011 police found the remains of 3 still unidentified victims in the area they are currently known as Peaches, who I mentioned earlier, mm-hmm. Baby Doe, and Asian Male. What? I feel weird about that. Why Baby Doe? Is it a baby? Is it a little one? It's probably like she's probably like tiny, like the other victims. I'm is she assuming. just tiny, or is, is there a baby there? So Peaches, she's making okay. a face. I'm scared. You're gonna tell us. Okay, I'm going to tell you Baby Doe first since you're asking. No, no, no go Baby Doe was found wrapped in a blanket and her age oh. was estimated as between 18 and 24 months. No. They're unsure if she was murdered. There was no visible trauma or no visible signs of trauma. She was wearing gold earrings and a gold necklace. Yeah, you like, t- like she was somebody. They took care of her and stuff. Doesn't seem connected though because Peaches you 
has been identified through DNA testing as the mother of baby doe. Peaches was so named due to a tattoo she had. She had like a heart-shaped peach on her chest. Okay. She was previously known as Fire Island Jane Doe. Her legs had been found in 1996. Her torso was found in a green plastic container along the west side of Hepsteed Lake in Lakeview, New York, in June 1997. And in April, police found more of her remains inside a plastic bag on Gilgo Beach. DNA connected all the pieces together. And then, so this is going to make you sad. She was found wearing matching gold jewelry with her daughter. Mm-hmm. They were matching. So then Asian male. They believe the man was in his late teens or early 20s when he died. Although a cause of death was not revealed, police say that he died a violent death. Mm. He was found wearing what investigators referred to as women's clothing. And they believe him to have been dead five to ten years. Hmm. So they're all unidentified still. Do they feel that they're all connected or they just all happen to be? So, one second. Because I'm about to get into it, but I have a little side note here. What's crazy to me is that, like... Okay, so... In November 2011... um, Like, a couple months after they found all these bodies... Investigators announced that one killer could be responsible. Hold on. I'm reading the wrong part. Sorry. In May 2011, investigators said they believed that they were looking for three, if not four, killers. One killer who they believed to be responsible for the Gilgo Four. One responsible for Valerie Mack and Jessica Taylor. And one or two separate killers responsible for the four other bodies found. So what's crazy to me about that theory is that these bodies were found so close together. Like, what are the chances that four different murderers were like, this looks like a good spot? Yeah, that seems unlikely. But also, if it's actually a good spot, I mean... (laughs) It's a good spot. (laughs) Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. Like somebody's like, oh, this looks good. What I don't think it's out of the realm of possibility that another murderer would be like, that looks pretty good. Four, four to me sounds like too much of a coincidence. Two, I would be like, oh wow, but not disbelieving, I guess. Yeah. Four, that's a lot in one little spot. I don't, I don't know. Like they are spread out, but I was just like picturing. No, no. But I was just picturing like one guy digging a hole to put a body, and then found like a hand, and was like, "Oh shit, shit. somebody else pulled this." Yes, because they weren't. They weren't all there. It wasn't like each person got one spot. Several of them were dismembered. Yeah, but like so, like when when I when I said dismembered, like legs would be in like another part of the Long Island. Right. So it was not just like a hole for each person. There were many different pieces spread around. And four just seems like a lot of killers in the area. Six months later, investigators announced that one killer could be responsible. (laughs) Could be one. I think if anybody was like, wow, they have found 11 people in my town that's insane by itself and then they were like it's probably four different killers i think we'd all be like okay 
I so, disagree. One thing I going back to Baby Doe, I wonder if like they killed mom and then were like, I'm not what am I supposed to do with this baby? Yeah. I almost feel like maybe mom showed up somewhere with the baby. Yeah. Um so it seems that one killer had been using Ocean Parkway and Manorville as their dumping grounds. In December 2015, so like four years later, the FBI officially joined the investigation and the BAU got involved. Hey. Was Reed yeah. there? So what's weird is like the BAU got involved and it's, the article I was reading was like they hired a psychiatrist. And I was like, they're supposed to be able to do it. Why did they not? Why did they? Isn't that their whole job? I think so. It's profiling. It's not like it's my boy Derek Morgan's not there anymore. I don't know what to do because he went to SWAT. Mm. So in February 2022, so like seven years later, a multi-agency task force was formed, including the FBI and state police, in- plus like those little police departments they revisited the case and made significant discoveries that led them to focus on one suspect mm. rex Heuerman rex. was arrested it, yeah i don't care for his name <laughs> you said that so well i so, don't care for his name here's the thing i don't care for his name and his last name is Heuerman. So it's like it doesn't roll. It's not like Butch. Like it doesn't roll yeah. the tongue well. <laughs> it's not like, like Butch Heuerman, which would be so much better. <laughs> no, I mean like Rex Butch, or like like Obama or Bush. Rex so, Obama? No, stop, dude. I'm saying Heuerman doesn't roll off the tongue. So it's like when I'm writing about him, I'm calling him Rex, and I don't like that. Mm. Do you want us to give him a nickname? No. No. <laughs> we can call him Lisp. Just want, you would just want to call him, like, suspect number one? No. I'm, better? Well, so part of the reason why I was calling him Rex is because I didn't know how to say his last name. But then I was watching a little clip, a video, and they Rex said... Rex feels like a good dog name to me. I could have a dog and name him 100%. Rex. I would feel great about it. Anyway, can we get back to Rex, please? Go I for it. I don't want to. Rex Hureman was arrested in Midtown Manhattan on July 13th, 2003. What? Oh. Very recently. Okay. He was charged in the deaths of Megan Waterman, Amberlyn Costello, and Melissa Bartholemy. He was named as a prime suspect for Maureen Bernard Bernard Barnes. So he's only being charged in three of the four you'll go for that's not enough of them well i think that that's where they've been able to find evidence Mm. so rex is a 59 year old architectural architectural consultant architectural you're doing a great job thank you he was working in manhattan he lived with his wife and two adult children in massapequa park oh which if you Google a map, it's right across the bay from Gilgo Beach, which oh. is uncomfortable to me. Massapequa? Yeah, M-A-S-S-A-P-Q-A. Yeah. Google. Google. 
Like, you don't even have to, like, do Massapequa directions to Gilgo Beach. Just look at where it is, and you'll see Gilgo Beach. Mm-hmm. It's right there. Yeah. Uncomfortable to me. Because I feel like he's, like, looking at it. Knowing what's there. Just every day thinking about what he's got over there. Yeah. So, Rex pleaded not guilty to the murders. Shocking. Mm-hmm. Prosecutors said police found a first-generation Chevrolet Avalanche, the same type of truck a witness believed to have been driven by Amber Lynn Costello's killer, registered to Hewerman at the time of the murders. So, same car, connection to Amber Lynn. According to investigators, his cell phone records indicate he had been in contact with three of the four victims, and an email account linked Hewerman had... linked to Hewerman had conducted online searches of the investigation's process progress so he's checking up on how things were going court records also indicated that he had searched the internet for quote sadistic materials child pornography and images of the victims and their relatives ew weirdo but then here's the big kicker Police recovered DNA from a pizza crust that was thrown away outside of Hewerman's Manhattan office, and they linked it to hair found on the burlap bag that one of the bodies was in. Jesus. So then after they arrested him, they actually checked his DNA to be 100% sure, and it was a match. Can you imagine? So take ourselves totally out of the situation for a second. Going, like, a hundred years back in time. And being, like, one day... Because they have all these unsolved crimes, right? And being, like, one day... We'll be able to figure out who killed your mom. Because they left a hair at the scene. Doesn't it just... Isn't it just crazy, like, the technology that we have and the shit that we can do? Yeah. I feel like you're not as blown away by it as I am. No, it's well, it's, it's just it's just not new to me. Like exactly, like, I've known about DNA for a while. But there was a time when this would nobody would believe that we could do this. Lacey, yeah. How, how much sangria have you had? <laughs> She's drunk. <laughs> okay. The <laughs> the last bit of like interesting evidence after Rex's arrest. We all learned that Maureen Bernard Barnes, Z's body, was bound by the distinctive belt. So she was bound with three belts. She, um, on her feet, her ankles, and her legs were bound together with belts. One of the belts had a had initials stamped onto it. That looked like either a WH or an HM. Although the DA, the DA did not elaborate, the initials WH matched Hewerman's grandfather, William Hewerman, who died in 1965. So I'm going to show you show us. the belt. So do you feel that he was like overly confident to bury her with this or stupid? Where are we falling So, I was kind of skimming an article about it, and 
it seemed like one of the other belts was cut and the so here's the thing there's a lot to read about this stuff because sure. it's happening now and a lot of it is speculation and i tried to leave out a lot of the speculative stuff mm -hmm. um because it would be too much and i also didn't want to say it unless i knew it was true but they were saying that the belt was cut and if you had had like the initials engraved on a belt they would have been at the end and that's where it was cut so they were like maybe he was trying to hide his the whatever name was there yeah so i think maybe it was just an oversight maybe he missed it on that one so they tore apart his house and i found that they found a soundproof room in his basement like a dungeon oh. and in there they found a shit ton of weapons like guns like when i say a shit ton i mean like 300. oh fuck! and several of them were illegal but like he had an arsenal but none but, of the I victims mean... were shot yeah, I was just going to say that. That's weird. They also, I don't know if this is interesting or not, but they found a creepy doll. Do you have a picture? That was, I yeah, hold on. Um, I don't have a picture of the doll. I have a picture of them pulling the doll out of the dungeon basement thing. Um, because... You know, they're not. But it looks like it's like in a coffin. It's weird. So there's like a doll just laying in this glass case. Yeah. It kind of reminds me of where how like Annabelle is kept. Yes, I like to do that too. When I saw it, I was like, that's Annabelle. But like, like totally contained. It's like a weird little trophy? Question mark? Heirloom? In his soundproof dungeon? Yeah, with the guns. Maybe it's expensive. Okay. Um, so, investigators stated that his wife and two adult children were out of state at the time during which the killings were believed to have occurred. Which, sorry, this is kind of off topic, but did you know that, like, if... If you go missing in January, but your body isn't found till July, on your death certificate, they'll put July. Well, Even if the time of death was, like, six months ago. Seems they put when you were found. Correct. I didn't know that. Um, yeah. Or when you were officially reported as dead. Maybe it has something to do oh. with, like, declaring you as dead. Yeah, yeah. I, I guess. It I is. don't love it, but it makes sense because even if, like... If, they don't, yeah. Correct me if I'm wrong, but like if paramedics get called somewhere, like say at nighttime, and they get there and the person is deceased, they call it at that time, right? Even yeah. if like they had died earlier, you call it when you get there. Yeah, but like to like it just that's like hours, but like yeah. months seems strange. Yeah, that seems weird. So like Maureen went missing in 2007. They declared her dead in 2010. But, yeah, that's kind of weird. I mean, that's on her. Anyway, it just seems sad. So, 
since Rex's arrest, more witnesses have come forward because his face is now all over the news. Which, have you seen a picture of him? No. He posted one on Instagram, bro. Yeah, he is not no. a Like, meh. Don't show me. I'm going to go to Instagram. Okay. I feel like a bad remember, podcast participant because I didn't see it. Remember how someone earlier said they saw somebody with an ogre? Yeah. Just, uh... Look at this guy. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Lazy. What's his face shaped like that? Someone Why is his face shaped like Trump? that? It looks like somebody made his face out of wax. Scroll up a little bit. Wait, I don't know. Go back down to that um, older photo. A little further. Keep going. Is that what he looked like, younger? No. He was a mama's boy, sources say. But doesn't he look a little bit like somebody made his face out of wax? Can you stop screaming? I'm leaning into my microphone. You're hurting the younger photo. He kind of looks like Benedict Cumberbatch. Yeah, he he's got a bit. very long face in the yeah, younger yeah. face. He looks very normal in the younger one. In the older one, he looks this like a This just goes to show man. you, when you murder people, you get uglier. It shows in your face. That's exactly. how they find you. Inside exactly. and out. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Um, so, one witness claimed Shannon Gilbert was lured to a motel over the phone by Rex in the fall of 2009. Allegedly, Rex tried to hand her an envelope stuffed with cash, but it was just strips of paper. Nobody ever gives me an envelope stuffed with cash. It was strips of paper. (laughs) But She didn't get it either. Isn't that, like, a little interesting that even though they don't think Shannon was connected? Yeah. That he called? Yeah. Yeah. Maybe... They're she reporting was... that he was like addicted to sex workers and oh. and murder yeah. and sex. Um, another witness claimed to be a 54 year old swinger who said she went to a, a sex party with her boyfriend in 1996 and met Huerman and Vergata at that party. Okay, so ex ex escort turned hairdresser. Nikki Brass revealed that she had gone on a date with Rex. During the date, he asked her if she was into true crime, and when she said, yeah, he started to talk about the murders. She said, as soon as he started talking about the Gilgo Beach killings, he stood up straighter. He leaned on the table. He got a smirk on his face. He almost seemed excited, like he had been waiting the whole dinner to talk about this. Brass said that Huerman told her prostitutes didn't have anyone who cared about them. No. Red flag. And her gut told her to get out of there, so she texted her friend to meet up with her for safety. That makes me sad because some of them did go, like, unreported. Yeah. You know? Fucking even more. Shortly after authorities arrested Rex, his wife filed for divorce. Good choice. Through her attorney, she maintained that her husband's activities caught her completely by surprise. She is also battling two forms of cancer and endometriosis. So, fuck him. 
Oh, sucks. Half of the people in Rex's life were shocked by his arrest, while others weren't surprised at all, which is interesting. Because, yes. like, you know, like, Ted Bundy, everybody was like, oh, what? But, like, half the people were like, he was creepy as fuck. Like, <laughs> not a surprise. I mean, look at his face. Yeah. yeah. Like, he would, like, just be weird in the neighborhood. And, and neighbors were just like, that guy's fucking weird. They, like, told their kids not to go to his house on Halloween. Oh, wow. Yeah. So... There are still victims listed in the possible victim groups. And maybe when I do like an update about Huerman, um, I'll include some of them. But yeah. Um, I just, I'm going to end with a quote. Actually, no, I'm not going to end. First of all, okay, so going to the documentary. Never ending. <laughs> never ending. Going to that <laughs> documentary. They said the documentarian people they, they said that they received a call while they were filming from somebody who was like i know who the long island serial killer is and the person who called like blamed it on a guy who committed suicide and they now that rex has been arrested they were like that could have been rex and i i didn't want to include that at first because again speculation was it rex who knows but like i mean he did like to make phone calls allegedly yeah and i think um the thing once you told us more about it the thing that i watched the documentary was about shannon gilbert and like how her mom was trying to get people to be like my daughter's missing i need help and they were kind of brushing it off because she yeah. had a history of sex work and stuff um, and then I, I feel like it ended with them finding her body and she was like, I was right. Something, you know, she was mm -hmm. hurt. She needed my help. Um, and it really was focused on her. But yeah, there was a, like a lot of articles from Mary's point of view. Yeah. Um, what like another interesting thing is that like, I, I was trying to find the clip that I saw a weeks ago um but i i couldn't find it but there's a clip of larry king that's his name right if we're the radio guy the same yeah. person yeah really old he was talking yes. on his radio show thing to somebody saying how it's like they were talking about the killer and they were like it's probably a guy Who's got like a normal white collar job, works in the city, lives in the suburbs, has a wife, couple kids. He's probably white, real big guy. Um, and he probably is like in his, he's probably mid middle aged. And, you know, we're not going to know who he is until they find like something from like a pizza box or something. Some random thing in DNA. Yeah. And what stood out to people is that he, Larry King said pizza box. And yeah. they found his DNA on a pizza crust. That's goofy. Yeah. Spooky. So am I saying Larry King is a witch? He's... You, he, I, he, you be the judge. was a witch, he's dead. Oh, yeah. Larry King died? He died two years ago. I probably remember that. Is he dead or did he just switch he one. actually died 
Did he die or he did, did he just so form? many people have died? It gets hard to keep track. That's life. So I'm, I'm not saying I'm upset about it. I'm saying sometimes you forget which celebrities are here and which have already <laughs> moved on. There are so many. They That's keep awesome. coming out with new ones too. <laughs> <laughs> so um the last thing that I want to say is a quote from Lynn Bartholomew. Bartholomew? No, Bartholomew. Who's, I believe her, Melissa's I remember you saying mom. the name. I remember you saying the name before. She's, I think she's Melissa's mom. I think Melissa's the first name. Um, she said it on July 14th, so the day after Rex was arrested. She said, I'd like him to suffer at the hands of other inmates. Let him receive what the girls received. I support that. Yeah. I feel fair. I, I agree. You know what I mean? You put it out there and then it comes back to you. I feel very good about that. So, um, that is the backstory to the Long Island serial killer case um i'm probably gonna wait a little while to see what mm -hmm. transpires okay and then update in due time it's nice to have a little bit i know that it's not over um but it still feels like a little bit of closure whereas we have so many yeah that there's none we might have suspects we might I mean, lean one way or another but we don't know i wish that they would tie him to more because mm -hmm. i mean 11 bodies and they're charging him with three and a half. Yeah. Still more might come. You know what I mean? True. But you'll keep us updated. So. I mean, witnesses saw his face. I mean, okay. So here's something that I saw. Um, this girl was watching the news, saw Rex's face and was like, that's the man who, so her, like 10 years ago, she said goodbye to her mom who went out on a date with rex and that was the last time she saw her mom interesting yeah it doesn't help that he has such a recognizable face that would be my advice to people if you're gonna serial kill don't have such a weird face if you don't serial out, kill it's not for you yeah you need to blend in because if you saw him and you needed to describe his face to a sketch artist Easy. I'd say if you could picture somebody who's been made out of wax, <laughs> that's my guy. All right. Billy well, and the bowl. That was sinister. And we are sarcastic. We fuck off. I don't know when to say it. It's not your Ram. line. And we hope you keep listening. <laughs> when is it my line? <laughs>